I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Quiet, please. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to Lars Larson Show, and welcome to Conspiracy Theory Thursday. And it turns out I've got one today, except that is it still a conspiracy theory when it's backed up by facts and logic and proof? We'll get into that in just a moment, but I want to tell you, it turns out that Oregon's crazy idea to have a ministry of disinformation Remember, we've been talking about this for some time. We first learned about it almost two years ago. It turns out that Oregon's Ministry of Disinformation has been happily beavering away at information that it considers MDM. Now, that should be the, uh, the kiss of death, they think. Malinformation, misinformation, and disinformation. You see, the folks from the Democrat Party, all the way from the White House down to Mahonia Hall in the state of Oregon, and I'm sure Jay Inslee would like to get into this action as well, they consider that they need to declare war on misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation. In fact, if you just heard about it and you'd never heard about MDM before, you'd say malinformation doesn't sound good, nor does misinformation or disinformation. Why, that sounds horrible. That should be stopped. Except that what they're talking about is free speech. What they're talking about is information you need to have as a citizen to be able to make decisions about the government that supposedly serves you. Let me get into the details of that in just a moment. But first, welcome to the Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network, happily serving the Pacific Northwest for the last 24 years with honestly provocative talk on a daily basis. And if you want to jump into the best conversation and talk journalism, it happens right here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you happen to be a naysayer, you disagree with my point of view, we're happy to put you right to the head of the line at 866-439-5277. You can send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com, and you can vote in our Twitter poll. Now, this one's crazy. It's coming out of the state of Washington. I've been warning you this would happen one of these days. It has now happened. In fact, in the last six months, I can remember callers saying, why, Lars, there would never be a time. When a young man who's an athlete, but he's not a very good male athlete, so he decides to play as a female. 
Well, this guy has been playing as a female for a relatively short period of time. And against women, he's doing great. His name is Tate Dragset. He is 17. And as of today, we've learned that he has committed to the University of Washington for one of just 12 Division I volleyball scholarships. In other words, women who want to go to the University of Washington who play volleyball very, very well might well get a free ride. Guess what? One of those 12 free rides, as they call it, a coveted scholarship, and it would be with all the tens of thousands of people who'd like to go to a top-notch state university like the University of Washington, despite all of its political correctness and wokeness and DEI and CRT and all the other garbage that goes with the UW, it's still a top-flight school. Would you like to have your daughter go there? Well, guess what? One of the slots for your daughter, if she plays volleyball, has just been taken up by a biological man by the name of Tate Dragset. And not exactly a disadvantaged biological man, now calling himself a woman since he is trans, to use the current woke terminology. He grew up in Sherman Oaks, California, and went to a private prep school for college. And apparently he's done very, very well. He's earned MVP honors in Girls Junior National Championships. So the thing I predicted would happen, and that would be that someday... Mom and dad are going to have to sit down with their daughter and say, I'm sorry, honey, you were the 13th player. They gave the 12 scholarships to other girls, except for the one they gave to a young man, and you didn't get one. So you don't get your free ride. So I'm going to ask you the question this way, because of the tape drag set idea that he, she, whatever you want to call him, has committed to the University of Washington for one of 12 Division I volleyball scholarships designated for female players at the university. Should any university give a coveted athletic scholarship for women to a biological man? Now, my answer to that is no, but you can answer it any way you like, and if I get a naysayer on it, I'll be glad to talk about it. But what's going to happen when other young men figure I play volleyball pretty well, but not as not nearly as good as the guys. But I really want a free ride scholarship like Tate Dragset has committed to it. You dub, so I'll just call myself a girl. And I'll probably he's six feet tall, by the way, and plays volleyball very, very well. So you can answer today's Twitter poll at Lars Larson Show on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Also on our website at LarsLarson.com. Brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. So back to Oregon's Ministry of Disinformation, combating MDM, misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation. I get this note from political candidate Ed Deal, and Ed deserves the credit for dragging all these details out. He said, I just got copies of reports produced by the company Logically AI. That was the one that signed a contract with the Secretary of State in the state of Oregon for a pilot project against MDM. And he said, Lars, your Twitter account was included as one of the accounts being monitored. The reports I got included only a sampling of MDM messages. At least one Lars tweet was used as an example. Now, here's what happened. They said, this is something that is a problem because narrative number four, according to Logically AI, out-of-state individuals and organizations are controlling Oregon's elections via campaign donations. Well, that actually isn't a misinformation uh, piece. That's actually true. 
And here's what I pointed out about almost exactly a year ago. It's a year ago tomorrow. I put up a post on on Twitter. And it was referencing a Willamette Week story that pointed out the Democrat Party of Oregon got its single biggest donation in history, 500,000 bucks. And where did it come from? It came from the cryptocurrency scam known as FTX. Uh, FTX. Actually, that's bad enough. But worse than that, the Democrat Party decided to take it under a false name, which is illegal. It's a criminal act. Now, are Democrats being pursued for criminally taking $500,000 from a criminal organization known as FTX? No, they're not. And why? Because Oregon has a Democrat attorney general and a Democrat secretary of state and a Democrat governor and a mostly Democrat legislature. They don't have to worry about breaking the law. So I put up this post one year ago tomorrow. The Democrat Party of Oregon keeps proving that it's a bunch of liars and thieves. I'll back that up. Let's talk about the facts. Two months ago, the Democrat Party of Oregon Political Action Committee got its single biggest donation in history, $500,000, and I attached the Willamette Week story. And that got labeled by this ministry of disinformation that the state of Oregon wants to run, in which they monitor what citizens, including people like me and people like you, have said about where those donations are coming from. And what did the Willamette Week story say? It said the Democrat Party at that point wouldn't even promise to pay back its ill-gotten gains. They have since donated the money to the U.S. Marshals, but the money never made its way back to the people who actually lost it, the people scammed by FTX. So are the Democrats proving themselves to be liars and thieves? And yet the state of Oregon labeled that as malinformation, misinformation and disinformation. Coming up in a moment on the Northwest Nonsense, what happens when your city finds an extra half a billion dollars in the couch cushions? We'll get to that in just a moment in your phone calls and emails on the Radio Northwest Network. The groundbreak. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. You know, if we keep meeting like this, people are going to talk. Here's Lars Larson. That makes a lot of sense, a lot of nonsense. Right, your body well right, you know you got a right to say. This is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this nonsense? 
That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead, fish wrapper, or mainstream media bias. I think we've all seen deadbeats like this before. You know, the guy you've met over your lifespan whose kids don't have warm winter coats, but he drives a flashy car. He's always got money for the fun stuff, doesn't have money for the necessities. That's exactly the picture that came to my mind when I heard the report today that the city of Portlandia has managed to accidentally overtax by $540 million. I'm not exaggerating one little bit. And now, having overtaxed by $540 million, half a billion dollars and then some, now the city plans a spending spree. Only, they're not going to spend money on the essentials. Imagine that. Voters approve this you know, consumer energy tax, and it's a tax on corporations. They approved it at the polls five years ago because they thought, well, we're just taxing corporations. And City Hall completely underestimated how much money would be collected. Corporations who pay the tax, of course, pass the costs on to you and me, so that money ain't free. Now, City Hall admits they've tallied up the new tax income, and shocker, they found an extra half a billion. It's like searching the couch cushions and finding a few dollars and change. It's a happy mistake, well, at least for the government. But consider this. Portland estimates that its busted up streets need three and a half billion dollars of deferred maintenance. Does the money go to that? Nope. How about the $650 million in deferred maintenance in the city's rundown park system? Nope, the money's not going there either. Maybe fully funding more cops for Portland so they can get a handle on exploding crime and violence. Money ain't going there either. They plan to buy, get this, and these are their actual plans, thousands of new battery-powered bicycles. You know, so the drug addicts and the homeless will have something new to steal and sell or dump in the Willamette. They're going to buy brand new battery-powered cars and trucks for the entire city fleet. And that's all coming out of that fund, $540 million. More bicycle lanes for the spandex mafia. I'm sure that crunching more city streets by stripping lanes off from the people who drive the cars and pay the gas taxes and turning them into bike lanes, oh, everybody's going to be happy with that, won't they? In the meantime, imagine elected officials deciding to go on a spending spree with tax money to fund all their unnecessary pet projects while the city is missing out on so many actual necessities. Our question of the day comes in from Dagny Taggart, which I think is a nod to Atlas Shrug and Ayn Rand. Hey, Lars, I've been wondering why the libraries still are tax-funded. It seems like everybody has a cell phone these days. When I was in high school 30 years ago, I had to spend a lot of time in the library doing research. That doesn't happen anymore. So why aren't libraries? Libraries functioning like gyms. You can buy a membership if you want to. Otherwise, if not enough people buy memberships, we as a society must understand they're no longer needed. Seems to me that libraries have become a place for homeless people to hang out and use the computer and the bathroom. What do you think of that? D Dagny, I think you are right on target. And now, today's Daily Grill. Insane. Are you Ridiculous. They get more and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb. You're even dumber than I thought. Who deserves today's Lars Grill of the Day? Maybe they're just really, really stupid. Find out right now. I want to give today's Daily Grill, as the Washington GOP points out, the University of Washington has now offered a coveted women's volleyball scholarship to a biological male. They get today's grill, and I'm sure we're going to talk to a lot of people about that subject. In fact, I'm already hearing about it from some of the emails I've been getting, uh, like Ted, who says, well, leave it to the wang doodles of the Pacific Northwest to try a new sport, volleyball. Great man, don't drop the soap. 
in any case, yes. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Joel writes in, Lars, there's no concern for truth in progressive philosophy. Disinformation is just something they say when they get caught red-handed in criminal, immoral, or treasonous actions. What really is the only thing that they actually do? And Sonia Simmons writes in, a young lady from Woodby Island says the University of Washington should not give women scholarships to men or allow them to play on any women's team. Sonia, I agree with you, but it sounds like the University of Washington has gone woke. Well, today's best email so far, but you can always send more. This one comes from Jim. Uh, send those emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Lars, interestingly, the FBI is looking into LaModa owners, Cazeras and Mitchell. That Lamota is the weed store that was giving all those sacks of cash to Democrat office holders in Salem. Hopefully something will happen. It's not the state, so I can only hope the feds are biased. However, there is the Uncle Joe twist. He could get in the middle, but just look at the beneficiaries below. Wow, quite a list. Recipients of Lamota cash include Tina Kotek, governor of Oregon, former Secretary of State Shamia Fagan, who I think is now working for a law firm in Seattle, although why they'd hire somebody involved in the kind of misdeed she was involved in, I don't know. Former Bureau of Labor and Industries Commissioner Val Hoyle, now a member of Congress and under investigation, and Senate President Rob Wagner. Huh, more with Hoyle mixed up. Didn't you say she had other previous illegal activities? Yes, I did. And has she had to answer for them? No, she has not. To your calls now at 866-HEY-LARS. Let's go to uh, Matt in Medford. Uh, Matt, welcome to the Radio Northwest Network, and uh, thanks for listening on Bill Meyer's home at KMED. What's yeah, on Bill your mind? Yeah, yeah, Lars, Bill Meyer, he's great. Hey, listen, I I'm, I, I agree with you totally on this. Um, this 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 lady, uh, this this guy who became a lady and wants to play with men's volleyball, that... Uh, that with women's uh, volleyball. You know, with, with women's, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, because he's a transsexual. That is appalling. He, he first of all, um, I, I can relate to this because I'm a male, and the last thing I would ever want to do is become a female. And also, I play sports, and I'm in Special Olympics, and I, I do track and field and uh, powerlifting and, and, and swimming and bowling. And the last thing I could I could ever um, I would not want to. I would only want to compete with males because it's only fair that way. Because if his men are bigger than women, and I yeah, that's absolutely right, Matt. Thanks very much. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Greg in Longview. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Lars Larson John Conspiracy Theory Thursday. What's on your mind? Hey, appreciate your show. Real quick, uh, just in regards to your bumper music, if you've never seen ACDC live, you've never seen a rock and roll show. Those guys <laughs> just absolutely blow the walls out of the place. But what I wanted to say is you mentioned libraries. I don't know if you're aware of this emotional learning stuff going on in Multnomah County libraries that brings some scruffy, like a disheveled-looking ex-hippie guy in with, like, small little toddler children, and he starts yelling and screaming. And he gets the kids all pumped up and yelling and screaming. And I had my library card revoked for objecting to it. I went up and I said, hey, look, this is a library. Traditionally, libraries are supposed to be, shh, you're in a library. Be quiet. Right? right. And, they, and they're yelling and screaming. And I'm like, look, ma'am, there are people trying to concentrate on their work on the computers. There are people trying to read books. This is a library. What, did they ever explain to, to you what they say emotional learning is? You know, I heard about that later from um, an ad from uh, that lady that was running against Joe Kent. What it was Heidi St. John's ad was talking about that. And but but no, that's it, this this goes on in Multnomah County libraries. Make no mistake, you, you'll you'll be in there. 
you'd be on the computer or trying to read a book or something, and either in the next room will be full of kids or even out in the open room like in the Woodstock library. Wow. Greg, thanks very much. I appreciate it. By the way, speaking of special districts and libraries, imagine a special district is established by a tiny number of voters, and then you say, but I don't get any service from that. Is there any way to get out of that special tax district? Well, it turns out there is. And we're going to talk to the man who managed to make it happen. He and his wife said, we don't get any benefit. We want out. And they got out. We'll begin to that. Lars Larson Show. Investment in Talk Radio, and it's free. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I think one of the most maddening things for citizens and especially for taxpayers is to see special elections that are held and they create special taxing districts. And you say, so this tiny percentage of people agreed to set up a taxing district and it includes everybody in that district, whether they voted for it or not. Well, that may be frustrating, but I never knew until this week, that there is a way out. And the, my, the guy who discovered that way out, as far as I know, is Mike Pelfrey. I want to give his wife credit as well. He lives in Grants Pass, and Mike Pelfrey and his wife, Winnie, said, we want to be removed from this special library district. We get no benefit from it. And, uh, Mike, was it your wife that actually discovered that the Oregon State revised, Oregon revised statutes, the laws, say that you have a, a, a way out, a way to relatively easily get out? Uh, yes, Lars, absolutely. My wife um, observed, uh, she attends our county commission meetings every week, and she had noticed that the uh, there were people that had actually came or at least submitted petitions to opt into the library district. So she immediately started thinking, well, if they can opt in, there must be a, an opportunity to opt out. So in her research, she came across ORS 198 Eight seven zero, and you know, honestly, it doesn't get any plainer than that. It literally states petition for withdrawal of property from district. Now, what you did was you then approached Josephine County and the county commissioners and said, we, "We've gone through the process. The district has to exist for two years, as you told me the requirements, and then you have to do a, a, a series of, of formal filings." But they're not, they're not so complicated you had to involve a, a lawyer. This could be done by anybody who's a taxpayer, couldn't it? That is absolutely correct. So uh, we are nowhere near uh, uh, attorneys by no means. And so, of course, we had to do a little digging. And then once we did, we followed the exact procedures that were spelled out in this particular um, ORS uh, number. And so with that said... Uh, we followed those steps. We uh, sub submitted a petition to the Josephine County Commissioners. And then once we did that, we had five days to basically serve or submit that same petition to the library district. They needed to then sign off on it, meaning they either initialed it, dated it, stamped it, whatever they needed to do. That it was then taken back to the Josephine County uh, uh, Josephine County, and then it started that process. And then, of course, we had last Wednesday, uh, this was put on the docket, and the county commissioners, with a, a lot of discussion back and forth and a lot of research, uh, they 
approved our petition two, two to one. Now, by the way, what was, was the county anxious to do this service for you, or were they resistant to the idea that you wanted to jump out of a district where you saw we, we're getting no value out of this, why should we pay the taxes? Were they anxious to help you with that? Well, I, I don't know if I would use the terminology of them being anxious, but, but I do think that what they did do is they respected taxpayers within their district, within their county, and uh, because we are taxpayers and we utilize uh, the legislation that's on the books, you know, in my opinion, they really had no choice but to accept, not so much accept the petition, but accept our request. And then I would assume that they did their due diligence, which, uh, of course, they did. And, and, and ultimately, they ruled in favor of my wife and myself to remove our property. And that's the most important part about this is that this is about the property, not about my wife and I. Okay. And by the way, are there... Are, what was the library district's reaction to the idea that you said, I get no value out of this, I don't want to pay the taxes? Did they fight it? Uh, absolutely. The library district showed up in force. Uh, there was quite a few people from the library board as well as, I would assume, supporters of the library district. But we also had quite a few people, I would say it was probably equal numbers, that were also um for the petition, and as a matter of fact, uh, there's already been four or five people that have submitted their petitions as well. Um, so, you know, it's not my fault, it's not my wife's fault that uh, we ended up in a taxing district that we had absolutely, or, or I should say our property gets absolutely no benefit from. And, you know, I commend my wife for actually paying attention to the proceedings that take place on a weekly basis and because of her due diligence, she was able to to find this ORS statute and apply it. And I believe it's been applied exactly in the manner that it's been written. Because if it hadn't been, why in the world would there even be an ORS 198-870 in the first place if we if, if taxpayers weren't given the opportunity to opt out of these type of special districts? And by the way, it's special districts. This doesn't necessarily apply to other kinds of districts like school districts. But clearly, the state lawmakers who wrote this law said we have to have a way for people to opt in. We have to have a way for people to opt out. The fact that they created the Exidor uh, presumes that the lawmakers who wrote it uh, intended for it to be used by some people. That is absolutely right. And, you know, if someone does a little research, they'll find that this has actually been, this has happened. This is this particular statute has been around since the 70s. So, again, I, I'm, I'm sorry, and, I, and it's like I can't help but the fact that nobody else has taken advantage of this, or maybe they just didn't think of it. But, again, I commend my wife for, for doing her job as a taxpaying citizen and looking after the best interest of of our property again not for my wife and ourselves but this is in the best interest of our land and by the way uh, i want to ask you about this uh i'm not crazy about what some of the libraries have become they've become homeless shelters they've become places where people download pornography 
You want to download porn? I guess I can't stop you. If it's kid porn, you should go to prison. But if you want to download pornography, use your own IP. Use your own computer. Don't go in and beg it off the libraries. The libraries have done a bunch of questionable things, including stocking books for kids that are not appropriate for kids. This would be a way, I'm not saying you did, but this would be a way for a citizen to say, I don't want to be part of this the craziness that's going on at libraries, and this is a way for me to stop contributing my money to it, correct? Well, I, I, I'm not going to, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to okay. agree or disagree, because what I will say is this. This really comes down to each individual property owner that is located in that district. How one feels about the library is really their their feelings. Um, I am not a proponent uh, of of our local library. Um, I am, uh, and, and again, and, and I'm not saying I'm an opponent either. Again, as a taxpayer and as a landowner, this is a personal decision. And yep. ORS one nine eight eight seven zero gives us all of the power to take advantage of this, and and by doing so. You know, I'm hoping that this does open up the door for maybe other counties and communities communities to take a hard look at their taxing district because at the end of the day, you and I both know that when we look down at our property taxes, uh, those taxes don't ever go backwards. Um, they typically continue to, to continue to rise. And, you know, I don't mind paying for services that are actually benefiting my property, for example, I don't mind paying for fire. I don't mind paying for police because I know that if my house catches on fire, they are going to come put out my property's uh, fire. However, yep. the library serves no purpose to my land or my property. Absolutely right. That's Mike Pelfrey. And by the way, if you need that ORS statute, we've got it for you. And it is a state statute, which means it applies to special districts throughout the state of Oregon. We're going to check and find out if there's a similar statute on the books in the state of Washington and Idaho. You're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. No need to adjust your volume. He's just that loud. Lars Larson. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, at the top 10 most dangerous mall stores in Chicago. 
Number 10, Bloodbath and Beyond. Number 9, See the Lord and Taylor. Number 8, Crimson Julius. Number 7, 86 Lumber. <laughs> Number 6, I can't believe I'm bleeding. Number 5, DOA Schwartz. Number 4, H&R Glock. Number 3, the sharper switchblade image. Number 2, Neiman Marksman. The number one most dangerous mall store in Chicago, the Build a Barricade Workshop. <laughs> Welcome Thank back you. to the Lars Larson Show. That's our great parody guy, the great Jim Gossett. It's a Conspiracy Theory Thursday on the Radio Northwest Network, and it's a pleasure to be with you. I'll be glad to get to your calls. Let me remind you, our X poll or Twitter poll, if you like, should any university give a coveted athletic scholarship for women to a man? That's what the University of Oregon has apparently done. Tate Dragset, 17, a biological male, but who identifies as female, has just committed to UW for one of their 12 Division I volleyball scholarships. That means somewhere out there there's a young lady who got cut out of that opportunity because her scholarship went to a man. To your calls now. If you want to join the best conversation and talk journalism, it's 866-HEY-LARS. Naysayers go to 866-439-5277. Emails go to talk at LarsLarson.com. I'm going to go to Armin, who's calling in from a very weird piece of geography, Maury Island in Washington, which is a tide island. And it's tied to Vashon Island, and apparently it's only available at, at low tide. Armin, welcome to the program. I don't think I've ever received a call from Maori Island. Hi, Lars. Well, yes, you have, because I've called about a half a dozen times. And what what is this about only being available at low tide? That's what they say, that Maori Island is a tide island that's tied to Vashon Island. But is, is, is the connection, the physical connection, does that only work at low tide or does it work at high tide as well? Well, I don't know where you're getting that information from. I lived here for 42 I got, years. I, I got it, it from the from the internet, which is as suspect as anything out there. But uh, but there is a permanent connection that you don't have to wait for low tide to get on and off. Correct. There is a okay. permanent connection. Now, once in a while, there are Tuesday. The, the island is called an isthmus, I S T H M U S, whatever it is, uh, to Vashon Island. It's connected by a narrow uh, piece of land that maybe a hundred years ago was filled in by the Corps of Engineers and the roadbed race. At, at that time, maybe it was isolated at, at high tide. But anyway, it, it's a permanent connection now. The reason I'm calling, because I know you like people to get right to it, is I was fascinated by the conversation you had with the gentleman from Oregon, and I couldn't help but wonder, is there such an opt-out possibility in Washington State? And I, using the Internet, Googled a little bit while I was on hold, and I can't find one. But I find myself thinking, for probably most people or a lot of people with homes, let alone vacant land where you don't use the library at all, presumably, if you have vacant land, nobody lives yep. there, but you're yep. still paying those taxes, that for a lot of people, you could buy an awful lot of books every year for what you pay in property taxes to the library. 
That's true. So, in fact, one of the uh, Mr. Pelfrey wasn't in this situation, but one of the guys he talked to said, "I'm paying seventeen hundred bucks a year on my properties." This this guy apparently has a lot of property to the to the uh, library district, and he gets no benefit. And as you said, seven seventeen hundred bucks will buy you an internet connection and a whole lot of uh, reading material or whatever it is you want to get from the library. Is there an opt out for Washington State? I have no idea, and I thought, well, I couldn't find one in a quick. Google search and looking at RCW, I think it's 27.12, talks about library district. It mentions that if you're in an unincorporated area or you're a town or uh, next to a library district, the town or whatever could opt into the neighboring library district if it doesn't have a library district or library of its own. But I didn't see anything about an opt-out possibility. But I know you have a lot of listeners, and so maybe you could put it out there to your listeners, whether any of them are attorneys or whatever and might know the answer to that i'd like to i'd like to find the answer myself armin because um i did a search as well and couldn't find it in the rcws but there may be one and as as miss pelfrey pointed out they wrote a law that allowed people to opt into a district and i could imagine that happening because sometimes special districts are created for things like water districts say an, an area becomes uh, you know has some houses built and people say let's create a water district to provide municipal water well what if one of the people in that district says hey i've got my own well i have no interest in in connecting to the you know to the county or city or special water district then why should he pay he or she pay for for water service if they're not getting any service and so there should be an opt-in if someday you decide you want to be in that district. There should be an opt-out as well. And, uh, and, and it would be interesting to ask a state lawmaker, should you allow people who say, I get no benefit from this special district, I want out. I think it's a reasonable thing to do. By the way, do you know, <laughs> wait till the politically correct woke people come after your island, Armin, because I just noticed this. I, I did a little bit of searching. I was curious about Maury Island. Do you know what it's named for? Uh, I think it was a it was a captain way back 150 years or so ago. Somebody um, who explored this area, I forget his name, named Maury William, Island. I think William Lewis Maury, and and his yes. claim to fame is that during that big war about 150 years ago, he raided Union ships on behalf of the Confederacy. So. Be forewarned, the woke folks will probably come after Maury Island in its name one of these days. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The Lars Larson. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you, your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com. Quiet, please. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big soap? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This 
is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I always disclose if I believe that I have a dog in the fight. And I would say on this next subject, I have a major league dog in the fight because I started the show today. Uh, we usually don't talk about things that, you know, where I say, well, this happened to me or that happened to me. I talk about the issues of the day, and I talk about the things that affect you. Um, but in this case, this actually has a personal effect on me because it turns out that when the state of Oregon signed a contract with a company, an AI company, to monitor information and statements made by citizens, including people like me, uh, that they were trying to combat misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation, the Ministry of Truth at the state level, uh, very similar to what Joe Biden tried to do at the federal level some time ago. Well, I want to get Mark Thielman on, who's a former candidate for governor of Oregon, former superintendent of the Al C schools. And now he's involved in the lawsuit that's being brought, seeking an injunction that would prohibit the state of Oregon, Secretary of State's office in particular, from going after what they call an election false information solution. Mark, welcome back to the program. Well, thanks for having me back, Lars. I mean, I was kind of surprised to find out that what I thought was a kind of a mild-mannered tweet that I sent out, just saying that Democrats prove once again that they're crooks and liars uh, because they took stolen money from the FTX company under a fake name, committed a crime by doing that, and the Democrat Party of Oregon used that half million dollars to elect the current governor of the state, that calling them crooks and liars, that that, that comes up as election false information, and yet apparently that tweet was featured as one of the exhibits that the Secretary of State's office put in a presentation about the kind of stuff they were going to stop. Well, it's, and it's worse than that. So a couple of things. There's attorney-client privilege information that uh, we who are holding this lawsuit have. So I can't talk about all the details in, in particular, but I can verify that they come straight from the Secretary of State's office, these documents that have been handed over, if you will. And, uh, and that's through the power of some very good patriotic representatives, uh, rep Republicans that are demanding this information. And, and they have a little extra clout, as you know, when you're an elected official. So the bottom line is, not only are you high risk, Lars, and I don't know if you know that, but you may want to remind yourself that you are a very, very risky guy. You are, your tweet was considered a high, medium to high risk threat which means you're going to be a Tier 1 or a Tier 2, which means you will be referred to uh, uh, some kind of partnership agency, the Justice Department, the AG, uh, the police, the sheriff, the FBI. And here you are saying, I thought it was a mild-mannered tweet. Everything I said was true. Well, yes, it's malinformation, though, because you have a malicious intent, and the state gets to define that intent. That's why it was an exhibit. In, in their presentation, but it gets worse. The SOS, the Secretary of State, has told us through this process of filing a suit that this program is not up and operational, that they have not awarded a contract. Well, then who was, who was doing all this gathering of data that they presented in this, in this presentation that, by the way, candidate uh, for office, Ed Deal, supplied to me? Yeah, well, Ed Deal is the representative. You outed him, not me. But um, <laughs> Representative Deal 
um, has up to this very week reports from this program that they said is not being funded, has not been awarded a contract, and is not in operation. Our own Secretary of State. Now, what does this do to um, uh, an average person, Oregonian's confidence that the things we're being told about the integrity of our elections are true? To me, it out of the my war. confidence, <laughs> yeah, I have zero confidence at this point. And I have a dog in the fight, obviously. I was a candidate. Um, you have a big dog in the fight. You and your media work is now on their radar. Well, and, and by the uh, way, Mark, you know, can I can I throw in for people? Some of this gets into their bureaucratic language, but I want to say what they considered that tweet saying. And I, I linked it to a story from Willamette Week. They did very good, a good, very good job of tracking all this information about the the stolen money from FTX that was given illegally and received illegally by the Democrat Party of Oregon because they knew they were taking money under a false name, which is illegal if it's 10 bucks. It's also illegal if it's a half a million dollars. It was a hugely significant donation right at a critical time when Tina Kotek was running for office. And she hasn't had anything to say about it, and she should. She was elected on stolen money received illegally by her party. But the narrative they are they want to they say they want to combat is this narrative number four out-of-state individuals and organizations are controlling oregon's elections via campaign donations so they're saying lars you've been suggesting to your audience that there are out-of-state individuals and organizations who are controlling or having an influence on oregon elections well that's true i mean when i point out that george soros has helped to fund DA yeah. campaigns. And when George Soros has funded uh, the Measure 110 uh, campaign to make dr hard drugs legal, all of that is true. How is it malin for MDM for me to say out-of-state individuals are controlling Oregon elections? Because your intent is to cast a shade, a shadow, over the great work being done at our Secretary of State's office in the great effort and lengths that they go to lie to you the average or to the every every everyday citizen here in Oregon, Lars, they don't like you. Your intent well, is I bad. Don't care if they like know me. you reported the truth. They know that your motives were bad. That it's well, that but if simple. my motive this was to tell people, going. yeah, if my motive was to tell people, I'm not arguing with you, Mike, uh, Mark. I'm agreeing yeah. with you. But if if yeah. my motive was to say, hey, by the way, folks, if you think you're being persuaded to elect a DA or elect a governor or pass a new ballot measure and legalize hard drugs, a lot of the money that's that's funding this is coming from evil people like George Soros, and it's coming from out of state. I think that's True. a good intent, I mean, because all you're saying is, and maybe some people say, I don't care, I love George Soros. I haven't yet met the person who loves George Soros, but there might be somebody like that out there. But if you tell people... Well, here, I'll Go ahead. I'll, I'll, well, I'll back you up. So uh, great questions were asked by the representative, by the way. Representative Beal asked very good questions. He's very good at it. I, I really appreciate the work that he's done. He, he basically boxed them in, and they told him, this is the Secretary of State, the, the Secretary of State said, no, we, we, have, you know, we, we did this test on this program. It was just a test, even though it's still working and reporting as of this week, uh, you know, for over the last year, by the way. Um, but it, it affects both Democrats and Republicans directly. Huh. Yet every single person in that report, every single exhibit is a conservative exhibit, not one Democrat example. And, and this goes back to what I've been saying. Every Oregonian should be extremely angry at the behavior of this branch of our government. It is absolutely criminal the way that this, this office, Secretary of State, 
uh, in particular, just blatantly lies to people. But remember, their intent is good. So they can lie and say things that are not true as long as their intention is good, Lars. It's that bad. It's that crazy. We are not free. We don't have free speech under this program. No, and and what you do have is government monitoring the free and political speech of citizens, and the government has no business doing that. And the 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 uses to which that can be put politically to steer messaging to the voters is absolutely evil. Mark, thanks very much. That's Mark Thielman. He's involved as one of the uh, plaintiffs in this case to try to get the Secretary of State's office to shut down its Ministry of Information, which they claim isn't running, even as it is running. Back in a moment, we got to talk about some misinformation at the national level. That's next on the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. When he talks, you have no choice but to listen. More with Lars. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. So whatever happened to Jack Texera? And if that name doesn't ring a bell with you, it should. Jack Texera, about one and a half years, uh, no, about a half a year ago, about April of this year, Jack Texera gets raided by the FBI. They go in and they take him into custody and they spirit him off. He was in the 102nd Intelligence Wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. And at the time, a lot of us wondered, what in the world is going on here? Why are they so concerned about this guy? He was alleged to have removed and disclosed hundreds of classified Pentagon documents. And you think, well, uh, a lot of that was going on at the time. We were talking about Donald Trump, classified documents and all that. We had no idea exactly what it was that Jack Texera had stolen, where the information had gone. Well, it turns out there's a really interesting story behind this, and it relates very much to something that's actually going to keep the U.S. Senate in session this coming Monday. And you say, you mean the Senate isn't breaking to go home for Christmas for a few weeks? You know, the kind of almost no-show job working on Capitol Hill as a congressman or a senator, where they, they only work about one day a week, and then they take these gigantic breaks around holiday times. Why are they staying till Monday? They're staying till Monday to vote on aid to Ukraine, $61 billion. And the Democrats are just about beside themselves saying, we have to pass aid to Ukraine. And the Republicans have said, look, 
You're not even guarding our southern border. We've got millions of illegal aliens that are flooding the country, causing all kinds of damage to the United States. And you're worried about sending more tens of billions of dollars to the corrupt country of Ukraine? Well, now we get a little bit of a hint as to why the information, allegedly, and I think we could say it was taken by Jack Texera, why did they stage an FBI raid? Because it threatens President Joe Biden and his political future. Let me tell you what's going on, and I want to give full and lavish credit to a great journalist. You've heard him on the show before, Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is, a, I think, a brilliant journalist. Personally, he's kind of a liberal, uh, but he, he actually is a good journalist in that he doesn't let his personal politics leak into the stories. So here's what he wrote today that, that I think spells out why the information taken by Jack Texera and then leaked a member of the National Guard and the FBI is raiding him. He says, last week, Racket, which is one of the publications Taibbi writes for, published lying was the only plan Biden ever had in Ukraine. Why did he write that? Because he says Joe Biden and national security spokesman John Kirby declared Ukraine would be overrun and lose the war if Congress did not immediately pass a $61 billion Ukraine aid package. And he says, after years of cheerleading, the abrupt proclamation I wrote lifted the veil on years of untrammeled and proud and yet ultimately purposeless and sociopathic lying by the Biden administration. And why would Taibbi write that? He said this week the Washington Post published almost exactly the same story, chronicling the same succession of rosy assessments about Ukraine. So the White House and the Pentagon said, oh, we're going to beat the Russians. We're going to make a success for Ukraine. Except that was what they were saying publicly. What were they saying privately? Now, here's what happened. He says U.S. officials, as the Washington Post wrote, were furious about the leaks that exposed their concerns about the Ukraine war. Why? Because in public they were saying, we have to help Ukraine, we're going to beat Russia, it's going well, etc., etc. But behind the scenes, those very same people at the White House and at the Pentagon were saying something completely different. Because, as Taibbi writes, earlier this year, while America was resupplying Ukraine in preparation for a major counteroffensive, that, by the way, I might point out, that major counteroffensive went almost exactly nowhere. He says the Pentagon sprang a leak. While U.S. officials have been making one confident prediction after another, the secret intelligence documents had slipped into public view, thanks to Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Texera, showed a, quote, catastrophic situation that was, quote, grinding toward a stalemate and, quote, a protracted war beyond 2023. Now, that's not what you've been hearing in public from Joe Biden, nor from the Pentagon. Now, here's the key part. Am I in favor of people stealing classified information and leaking it? I would say no. And I would also say, but there are times where the leak of information, whether it's about the Bay of Pigs, whether it's about the Pentagon Papers, that leak of information allows not just citizens, but members of Congress to make a different decision. If you're being told a set of lies by Joe Biden and the White House and the Pentagon, but privately they know it's nothing but bad news, but they're not going to tell you stupid taxpayers. They're going to tell you, shut up, work hard, pay your taxes. It's none of your business. And here's what Taibbi wrote that I thought put it right on point. If Texera hadn't let slip that officials were freaking out in private 
about Ukraine's prospects, members of Congress might not have been emboldened to filibuster Joe Biden's spending bill as they did last week. In other words, when the Congress knows what's really going on, not just the, 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 well, the crap that the White House is shoveling out, they say, hold on a second. We're not going to vote for this $61 billion. You're telling us publicly it's going well, and privately, you yourself know that it's not. He says, therefore, learning the truth was bad, and we can blame the leaks, not the factory-produced river of hogwash dumped on the world for the last 22 months for the dilemma that now faces Biden in Ukraine. He says, it takes real gall to play victim over the Pentagon leaks now after the Capitol media served up a complete walk on the story the first time when Texera and his documents were chased down in a Minecraft chat by Bellingcat Snoop. The White House press played it like the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, something illegitimate, suppress it. Not only did papers like the New York Times help deliver Texera to the authorities. I mean, ordinarily, I can tell you this as a reporter, when somebody comes to you and says, look, I can leak you some information about what's really going on, whether it's at City Hall or at the State House or in the Congress or in the Pentagon. You say, OK, I'd like to hear the information. What did The New York Times do? They said this guy, Czech Texera, says the Ukraine war is going going bad and the Pentagon knows it. And the White House knows it. That is exactly the kind of story that the New York Times and others usually jump on with both feet. But in this case, they said, no, no, we don't want to hear about it because that makes it look bad for Joe. So instead, they deliver him up to the FBI. And then there were stories written saying, stop calling it a leak, denouncing Texera as a white supremacist, a self-serving nihilistic thief. Now, ordinarily, I mean, the New York Times is famous for going out and writing stories about classified information and revealing secrets that I would argue and have argued have been tremendously damaging to the United States. Is it damaging if you know that Ukraine isn't going well, the Pentagon knows it isn't going well, the White House knows it isn't going well, but they're telling an entirely different story to you and me, the taxpayers and the citizens of the United States? I mean, whether I agree with people stealing documents and leaking them or not, I don't. I don't agree with that. Countries need secrets. Companies need secrets. Even families have secrets. And I pointed that out to people. And so when somebody violates that, it's not good. But in this case, when you've got information about what's really going on in Ukraine and you got the U.S. Congress deciding whether or not to send another $61 billion to a losing proposition in a corrupt country like Ukraine, that information becomes absolutely essential. Glad to be with you. Always glad to take your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our X poll. You'll find it at Lars Larson Show. And you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The Lars Larson Show. The Zoom meeting you actually want to be at. This is The Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to The Lars Larson Show. Does it concern you that the Internal Revenue Service, one of the most hated federal agencies ever in the United States, owns six million rounds of ammunition? That is one million rounds more than they had in the last public figures released in 2018. And the guy who knows about those numbers, because we've talked about it before, is our friend Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. Grover,
never welcome back. And I know we have to let you go early, but how is it that the IRS thinks it needs literally millions of rounds of ammunition for its agents? Why do they think they need six million rounds when fewer than 5,000 IRS agents uh, are qualified to use a gun or have the authority to use a gun? And we know from the inspector generals looking at the IRS in the past that half the time that a gun goes off in the hands of an IRS agent, it's by mistake. Okay? They half? Three million. No, no, half. just, just, it's just more than put half. a punctuation point on that. Tell you half the time they actually fire a bullet, they fire, they're Barney fifing it? Yes, more than half, actually. It's more than half. Uh, and they do have some requirements about, you know, practicing and so on, but they don't actually live up to them. So they're written down, but the inspector general found they don't actually do the practice and things that you might want to do to stop shooting other people in the foot. You, so you mean the things that every single police agency in America does on a routine basis? Uh, you know, I, I've known so many cops that say, yeah, Saturday i got to qualify, so I need to go down to the range, practice a little bit because I need to qualify. They're not doing that? They're not. Every Everyone who wants to go become a hunter. <laughs> These are the things you learn, but IRS agents don't. So the six million is for about 5,000 people, unless they plan to arm more of them, but they haven't told us that yet. The other thing that's odd, scary, about the six million is the Republicans have been asking for the number, how many bullets do you guys have, for years. Uh, and Daniel Werfel, who runs it, he's uh, Biden's choice to run the IRS, which gives you some information about him. Um, he lied to Congress and said, we don't know. I can't get that. I'll get that for you later. I'll never give it to you. Uh, and then it was handed to tax notes, which is a press operation. But very few people read tax notes. It's just for the cognoscenti, for, for people who care deeply about different tax things. So he could say, oh, it's public information behind a paywall um, for a not very well-read publication. But he, knowing what the number was, he refused to tell Congress, run by Republicans, what was going on and lied to them on behalf of Biden to hide the amount of ammunition. So why did he lie? Why did he hide it? Why did he leak it to a press thing that nobody would see? He thought it did get out. But you haven't seen this on the front page of The New York Times. It's not well known, even though it's technically in one newspaper, one place. Well, and, and the problem I've got with Republicans, especially Grover, because I'm a Republican still, although I'm very frustrated with the party, but I'm first a conservative. Why don't the Republicans act in the in the form of saying we're going to vote to hold you in contempt? You come in here, you lie to us about something significant and so, something minor that should be you know, at the fingertips of anybody running an agency. How many rounds of ammunition do you have? You've probably got a whole department that does nothing but keep inventory of what the IRS owns, the buildings, the desks, the computers, everything, cars, whatever it is they own. Um, and you can't get us that number. The head of the agency can't pick up the phone and get it. And then we find out you knew it anyway. You lied to us. Does Congress, do the Republicans even believe in bringing consequences for that kind of stuff? Because the more you let agency chiefs lie to Congress, the more they think they can get away with it. And they do. It's a very interesting question. I don't understand why you don't go to, you applied, you broke the law, you committed perjury. Uh, now, maybe the Department of Justice under Biden is not anxious to actually pursue that. 
uh, Congress yeah. can't. Well, there is people, that. Yeah. But the Department of Justice may be the people you have to go through. And in an honest, honorable, nonpartisan Department of Justice, you might have a shot at it. But with Mr. Uh, oh, for heaven's sake, what's the guy's name? Uh, Garland, right? Yeah, um, Merrick Garland. The, the Merrick Garland. Uh, I think he's the most political person we've had in that position in decades. And he just doesn't care what the law is. He's a political well, activist. But, but, but let me, you've been on, you spent more, most of your life on Capitol Hill, Grover. What I don't understand yeah. is, you know, I apply the same, uh, you know, uh, solution to local problems. If the DA won't prosecute, let the police department just pile up charged individuals. And, and when the DA says, but I'm not going to actually bring the charge, like Mayor Garland, as you predict, would not. And I agree, he won't do it. But you say, We've referred 50 people to Merrick Garland, and here's the list, and here's what they lied about, and these are the people Merrick Garland will not call to account. Then that begins to, to solve another problem, which is put pressure. Now, maybe Merrick Garland is capable of ignoring it, but if the mainstream media had to report, well, the attorney general has had 50 different agency officials or, you know, Biden apparatchiks who've been referred for contempt of Congress. And here's the list of lies they told. And Garland won't go after one of them. Then you begin to put pressure on Garland. But as long as Garland knows the Republicans won't even make the referral, isn't there a point to making the, the referral for, you know, perjury and, and then say, well, here are the 20 or 30 or 50 that he won't call up for perjury, even though they committed perjury, and here's the proof they commit per committed perjury, doesn't that have the potential to start solving the problem? I think it does. That makes tremendous sense to me. Now, Washington doesn't always make sense, but what I'm going to do uh, later tonight is call over and ask just that question and see if I get an answer that explains why it doesn't happen, or perhaps uh, I should nudge them more often to encourage them to do that now they may think look nobody cares nobody's paying attention but i think your view that if we piled up 30 or 40 of these things they'd begin to stink and well, even and, the new york and, times might have know, to notice it think about this on the local level because we've got this problem on the local level around america you've got police departments say well we can't arrest and charge people because the da won't prosecute them say then stack it up and then and then have the chief hold a press conference and say, you know what? We've referred a thousand people on criminal charges. The D.A., only 20 of them got prosecuted the, to the public. That begins to say, hold on a second. You gave him a thousand arrested criminals and he, and he prosecuted 20. You know, that that begins to tell a story. But it, it's almost like the Republicans are in on it saying, yeah, he's not going to he's not going to go after him so we just won't even refer them well then you're doing garland a tremendous favor you're you're making him look clean yeah no I, I think you have a very good question i think it's a good strategy i will push and find out if there's something that you and i are missing or whether they just don't think there's they need the encouragement to to do this and you know our commitment to them is say we'll cover it we'll highlight it you know do it and uh we'll make sure the world knows about it so i i will be working on just this. I think that makes a great deal of sense. Well, I appreciate it. And by the way, all these federal agencies, not just the IRS, but all the agencies that have been arming up, I mean, automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, pistols, rifles, shotguns, the whole nine yards, and you wonder how often does the IRS ever go out on a raid where they couldn't have local law enforcement, sheriffs, police, the U.S. Marshals, the FBI, other agencies that actually should be armed with them, I'll bet, I'll bet they have a very rare occasion that they actually need to have their own agents armed. Am I right? I, I think you're right, and I'm actually supporting uh, legislation being pushed that would say 
no guns for the IRS or other enforcement agencies, that if you have a problem that you absolutely believe you need a guy with a gun to walk in the front door, call the local police, uh, call the FBI, ask their professionals. Uh, they're less likely to have your political biases uh, so that they're more likely to ask, why are we doing this again? I think they're, you know uh, what I, they're I doing think... it for, Grover? They want to scare the daylights out of citizens. And they always know that a man or woman armed with a gun is a whole lot scarier than a guy with a calculator and a green eye shade. Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. Back in a moment, I'll get to your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And you're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. bet you've heard i'm on the phone today with david moore from ira advantage david for more than 15 years i've been telling my listeners about self-directed iras but how do you explain them to your customers well lars through our working careers we accumulate savings in our 401k plans so rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed ira with a self-directed ira your retirement portfolio can include real estate precious metals cryptocurrency notes loans and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Broadcasting from his socially distanced bunker to yours, it's sanitized entertainment. Here's Lars Larson. the cost of Christmas has climbed so high, even the head of the Biden crime family finds it expensive. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Merry Christmas from the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to be with you on Conspiracy Theory Thursday. Let me go first to Doug, who's listening on the Radio Northwest Network and our flagship affiliate KXL. Hey, Doug, what's on your mind? Hey, Lars, thanks for taking my call. Uh, what I want to talk about today is this Boston mayor who uh, oh. is a pretty racial. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you want to set it up or I do. But no, no, you I'll go ahead and, and have at okay. it. She is, she is an Asian-American named Michelle Wu who planned a holiday party, Christmas, a holiday party. Uh, they called it a Christmas holiday party like that's a deer, like a deer animal or a dog animal, a Christmas party. But they call it a Christmas holiday party in case nobody knows that Christmas is a is the only federally recognized uh, holiday uh, or religious holiday. But it was exclusively for what she called. She called them this electeds of color, color, which means it was no white people are invited. White people need not come. So. With that in mind, that's the setup for Michelle Wu, mayor of Boston. What's your take on that? Well, my take, my take is that people need to start pushing back. Uh, everybody gets to identify whatever they want to these days if you're woke. So let's just use it. Uh, 
let's pick from the crayon colors. Show up to that party of color as a fuchsia, if you're white. (laughs) Identify as a crayon. But quit taking this crap where they exclude any race. We're all the same people. We're Americans. Knock it off. I, I totally agree with you. And, Doug, you know that I don't see a dime's worth of difference between somebody in 2023 having a a black-only or or Hispanic-only Christmas party than than if you went back to the 40s and found the Klan holding a whites-only party. They're functionally the same thing, and that's what Michelle Wu is doing, and I'll have more to say about that a little bit later on in the show. Let's go to to Weldon. Uh, Weldon is calling in from Redmond. Hey, Weldon, welcome to the Lars Larson Show, and thanks for listening on KVI. Hi, Lars. How's it going? Very well. What's on your mind? I have a I have a conspiracy that you might help start. It would be the non-existent conspiracy okay. that deals with these tranny women in, in men's, women's sports. And you can put out the word through social media and things that they, they just pretend they don't exist. You know, if it's like the volleyball player. If she hits the ball to you, don't hit it back. You know? Well, so... so the, but, but, you could but, do it as a group hand. But, but well, then... Weldon, they hand out 12 at University of Washington, just to explain what, why Weldon's talking about this. It's actually our Twitter poll today as well. The University of Washington is apparently given one of only 12 women's volleyball scholarships uh, to, a, to a biological man by the name of Tate Dragset. And, uh, and, and you say, hold on. So one of your 12 players is a biological man. He's six feet tall and he apparently plays volleyball like a champion, except that against women... He, he, the competition is absolutely unfair. But, Weldon, d- does that mean the other members of the team, so you, you've got, what, six players on the court at any given time, so he hits the mm-hmm. ball, nobody else hits it, that the UW team loses. So the people, the other so, women who were given women's scholarships, are to stand there on the court and, and deliberately lose the game? Uh, it's a game, Lord. We're talking well, about things that matter. It, oh, hold this on. Is a Weldon, chance for an individual Weldon, to actually change the world. I know, but Weldon, can I tell you where this matters? Because I could imagine my, I, I actually couldn't imagine myself, but imagine you're one of the best athletes in your high school and you've played so well and worked so hard and one day you hope to get a full ride scholarship that at UW is probably worth at least $100,000. And it's your education for the rest of your life and maybe your gateway into a career. And you're asking that young lady to flush her her opportunity for that career because it's all on her instead of the rest of us to stand up to UW and say UW is a state institution. It is discriminating against women and in favor of men, and it needs to be called out. And I can't very well see saying, no, it's all on the shoulders of those other 11 women who got legitimate scholarships, and they need to flush their careers and their opportunities to solve the problem because the other 8 million people in Washington State won't solve the problem? Lars, this is, this is a burden all of us has to participate in. Good, then don't put it's it all on all two or three us. ladies on Do the basketball, on the volleyball team. That would be shared individually. They could they could agree amongst themselves to say, look, if she hits the ball to us, we're not going to hit it back. Except, can I tell you what happens next? If you don't play checkers, but you play chess, and you say, all right, what happens next after they throw a game? 
They just stand there and they won't play when he's on the court. So their coach says to them, you're in violation of your scholarship agreement. You are cut from the team, and being cut from the team means your scholarship ends, ends goodbye because the university has committed to this path. It was This was done with the university's sign-off. They've committed to it. They will flush those other 11 women right out the door and down the toilet, and they'll bring in uh, 11 cooperative women unless the whole state pushes back. Because the next step is all those young ladies lose their scholarships, they lose their education, and the, and the man, nothing happens to him. He stands out there and says, I've still got it. I'm playing against women, and I'm winning. And you're listening to The Lars Larson Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. It could have been so. Right. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lawrence Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. And if Joe Biden has not thoroughly scrooged you enough, and I said scrooged you enough, uh, I want you to consider this. For a real lump of coal in your stocking at Christmas time, consider the idea that Joe Biden's America now has made it so expensive to buy a home that it's less expensive uh, to be able to go out and rent a place than it is to buy a home. And it's tremendously expensive because of interest rates for you to be able to buy any kind of house using a home mortgage. So I thought to talk about that. One of the great supporters of this program is Nick Shivers in his real estate business, the Nick Shivers team. Hey, Nick, welcome back. Hey, Lars, with the holiday season, it's old St. Nick, okay? Okay, we're going to call you Old, old St. Nick. <laughs> At least you're not trying to drop coal in people's stockings. But what's happening? Because some of us would look at this and say, well, interest rates will eventually come down, we hope. We don't know when. Uh, but, but even when they do, is the dream, the American dream of owning your own home, is that slipping away and maybe not just temporarily? Well, Yesterday, we had old Mr. Powell. He came in, and they didn't do anything. But the market, because the little Fed dot plop is saying that, okay, in 2024, we'll probably see three price cuts. So they're in their language. They're saying they're going to make a pivot. 
They're going away from breaking the employment issue. So in the last five weeks, Lars, we went from 8% interest rates to the, the what I saw today was 6.62%. So let's just put that in correlation to what, what you see in the Portland market. Let's say a $500,000 home, 20% down, which is still significantly high. I understand that. That is a savings in a month of $375. So even though home values are still at historic highs, and I'm a little concerned, you know, because when if volatility, if this, there is no, no stability in this market whatsoever, and it's all based on, you know, interest rates. And interest rates just drop down. We'll probably see a little bit of intake of more showings. We're at the slowest time of year, but yes, as you asked, it is still an affordability nightmare across the board. Oregon was the, one of three states in all of the nation that saw home values go down. So remember, all those other states are still seeing prices climb. And when you have those interest rates at that higher level, it just makes it very challenging, for the, especially for that new millennial group that is the biggest buying group that we've had in history that hasn't already purchased. Okay, so, so tell me this. Is, you know, I understand interest rates are national. It's like oil. Oil's a worldwide commodity. Money is a nationwide commodity at least. Is there any place in America that's actually showing some good results? Good results in, in price. Uh, home value and, yeah. and affordability, I guess, is what it comes down to. Because it doesn't matter what the price is. It matters can you afford the price, depending on where you are and what you're buying. Yes. If, if you're looking, Lars, I, I think one of the things, you know, you always hear Paul. I heard, I think, Markle out there saying that all the hedge funds are ca causing prices to go up. That's why home values are going up. Or maybe it's the, the thing that they said that real estate agents are charging too much money. That's why home values are going up. But the, the fact is, Lars, it's about supply and demand. And when Multnomah County and, I mean, the statistic that we talked about two months ago, where 23% of the cost of building a home in California is based on permits and bureaucracy. Yep. Okay. It's about, you got to get more houses and you got to be able to build them more affordably. And the, the, the bureaucrats can't keep saying we need affordable housing, but you know what? We're going to increase the permits another 10% because we need the tax for the homeless. I mean, it just doesn't work in a, well, capital business. And, and it's not, I mean, there was a story, and I wish I had it right in front of me, the Wall Street Journal did it on some apartment complex, and it was a small one in Los Angeles, where it took them 17, might even take them 18 years to get it built. And it wasn't because of anything extraordinary they were doing. They just said the whole process is so gummed up, and the folks who gum it up are not the laborers, they're not the folks who own the land. They're not the folks who hammer the nails. They're not the anybody else. It's the government that has been jamming this up. So if they artificially restrict the building of rental housing, and then you artificially restrict the number of houses built, then rent's going to go up, mortgage is going to go up, and interest rates are high, again, because of the government making decisions about how they're going to manage the money supply. Uh, they're doing all the things they can to make it extraordinarily expensive to live. Not, not you know, whether you buy a house or rent a place, if, if if they're not building more apartments, if they're not building more houses, both of those supplies are constrained. 
you know, you'll still make a lot of money when you rent apartments, but, but if you're not allowing people to build them, if the supply can't go up, you are forever constrained and you'll just fall farther and farther behind, won't you? Right. I mean, if you, if you still look, if you look at that CPI, you know, CPI has definitely come down, but shelter, Lars, is still behind transportation is the still the highest, uh, it's at 6.5. Um, so, Lars, you know, Newsom said that he was going to, you know, he goes on stage and says that California is doing so well. You know, they, they had over a hundred million dollars for housing. And I think the average cost of like, a 400 square foot house. We talked about this about six months ago. It was like over $800,000. Lars, you can't solve a crisis by overtaxing and making things so difficult so, that you can't. So, so when you have the government saying we've got a hundred million for housing, everybody cheers. And you say, but if you divide that by the average cost, we'll be able to build 120 houses out of that in a state of 40 million people. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really good to be able to just talk the talk, um, and just sit there and say that you're going to solve a problem without really being able to. Lars, you know, I am, I love Oregon. I love Portland, but if you don't make it easy to build new construction, affordable new construction, you know, you're never going to get this affordability crunch that we have in the Portland market under control. And by the way, just for a matter of perspective, uh, late 2020, so heading right up to the election, the uh, average, well, the average cost of payments on a new home, 1746 bucks. You know, so yep. affordable if you balance that against wages has now risen to $3,322 in the third quarter of this year. And now you're saying, and the good news is we're not at 8% interest on mortgages. We've dropped all the way. Right to six and two-thirds. That is Nick Shivers, one of the great supporters of this program. His real estate business is the Nick Shivers team. Glad to get your phone calls and your emails at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our Twitter poll. You'll find the daily question at Lars Larson Show on X or Twitter. You'll also find it on our website at LarsLarson.com. Coming up in just a moment, we'll talk about the Boston mayor who planned a no-whites holiday party for members of the city council. That means half the city council was uninvited because of their skin color. We'll get to that next on the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com. View the videos. 
and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. you can't get enough Lars. Podcast every show at LarsLarson.com. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. Well, Christmas is about as political this year as it's ever been. And there are at least two examples I want to put in front of you, including the mayor of Boston, who really stepped in it the other day. You've probably already heard about that, but I want to give you some details that make it even more interesting. And then I have to get to Joe, Jill Biden's, I almost said Joe, Jill Biden's anti-white Christmas video. It is one of the most bizarre videos I've ever seen, and it's about a subject that you would expect to be a very easy thing to do. I mean, there have been first ladies showing off the White House for a long, long time. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, famously, Michelle, uh, let's see, Michelle Obama. Well, I I didn't think so much of Michelle Obama and her husband. Um, But Melania Trump, did a fantastic job in calling out the decorations for the White House. She's very classy. Then you have the Bidens, and the Bidens are a piece of work. But let me get to that a little bit later. It involves a video, and we're going to put the video up on my website at LarsLarson.com. We'll post it on social media as well if you haven't already seen it. It is bizarre. In fact, one description of it said it was Walt Disney Presents meets A Clockwork Orange, if that brings anything to mind. But let me start with Michelle Wu, who is the current mayor of Boston, and she really stepped in it. Now, I'll give you the details, but if you want to join the best conversation and talk journalism, it's always right here, every single day, at Lars Larson Show. And you can find, uh, you can join the conversation by calling 866-HEY-LARS. And if you happen to be a naysayer, we'll put you right to the head of the line at 866-439-5277. You can send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our Twitter poll, as I said, at Lars Larson Show on X. You can also find that question on our website. Please just vote once if you don't mind. Now, about Michelle Wu, who, as you guessed, might be a person of color, although that gets us into an entirely different discussion, because these days the woke crowd will tell you that Asians are not part of that POC category. It's BIPOC, but it doesn't necessarily include Asians. Now, I didn't invent these rules. The woke folks invented these crazy rules. So what does Michelle Wu do? Well, she's the mayor of Boston. She decides to host a Christmas holiday party. Again, I've mentioned that calling it a Christmas holiday party, as though you're talking to all those people out there who don't understand that Christmas is both religiously significant for many, many Americans, about 85% of Americans, uh, but it's also uh, uh, the uh, federal holiday. So you have to call it a Christmas holiday party. But what she did was she sent out an invitation to a party that was exclusively for what she called electeds of color, meaning people on the Boston City Council who were people of color, except she made a mistake. She goofed big time. Have you ever sent an email to somebody you didn't intend to send an email to? I'd plead guilty. Uh, I've had it happen. I've, I've received emails 
you know, that I clearly uh, was not intended to get. Nothing especially crazy. But I've had emails come from folks who are asking all kinds of questions. I'm clearly included in some kind of group. And I write back and I say, did you intend to send this to me? And they admit, oh, no, my email system accidentally, when I typed Lars, uh, put, put the email address in that was supposed to be Larry, and it turned out to be Lars. So anyway, an aide to the mayor, so apparently the mayor decided not to take responsibility at her, for it herself. She threw a staff member under the, under the bus. An aide to the mayor accidentally emailed the white people need not come holiday party invite to the entire city council. Well, uh, there are a number of city council members in Boston. Six of them are people of color. Uh, seven of them have the misfortune of being a white, which means they enjoy white privilege, I guess, in the language of the woke. The move to host a racially segregated party has apparently brought an awful lot of anger in the uh, city of Boston. The Democrat mayor invited the uh, electeds of color. Her invitation for December the 13th, so last night, to an electeds of color holiday party was sent out to all the city council members. Fifteen minutes later, the staff member sent out an email apologizing for the invite, clarifying that it was only meant for the six people of color on the city council. The seven white council members were not welcome to come, which makes it even more awkward. Now imagine this. This is the kind of craziness that we're in. Instead of saying, Christmas is a holiday that is about every single person in the world. And if you're a person of faith, and especially if you've read the book, my wife and I read from the book almost every single night. Maybe some of you do, maybe some of you don't. But if you're a person of the book, you understand that Jesus' invitation to faith in God and in Jesus Christ was to all people. He didn't care what color you were. In fact, an awful lot of people in his neck of the woods in the 33 years he was alive were people of color by today's definition. And yet, somehow, politicians, especially in liberal places like Boston, have decided they got to play the color game. And they got to draw these lines. Just the other day, and I think this relates, I saw a major Democrat Party fundraiser who happens to be a black American announced that he was leaving the Democrat Party and he was no longer going to raise funds. He'd been a fundraiser for the Democrat Party and for Democrats individually. But he said, I'm leaving. The Democrat Party is divisive, meaning they split us all up. You see, I've always had that conclusion that the Democrats believe in dividing people up and pigeonholing you into a little box somewhere. You're in the disabled box. You're in the Hispanic box. You're in the black box. You're in the white box. You're in the Asian box. You're Jewish. You're Christian. You're Catholic. You're Muslim. Dividing people up that way is not reminding them that they are Americans. And it certainly has absolutely nothing to do with your faith. Now, let me get to Jill Biden's crazy Christmas video. The group that created the viral Biden Christmas video, and this is a, a great tweet about it, has been identified as a radical anti-white group that call themselves Dorrance Dance. And in fact, uh, producer Joel, uh, Joel's a great producer, along with Donovan and McKenzie on this program. He pointed out that he went to their website. This The very next page after the opening page talks about anti-racism, which sounds good on paper. It really isn't. Uh, because this is a website that talks about, it quotes Angela Davis, the Marxist. It talks about defunding the police. It calls for abolishing prisons. And it's a dance group, Doran's Dance. So 
the Bidens invite this group to come in, and they made one of the weirdest videos that I've ever seen. And the White House looks absolutely bizarre. I would have to agree with that assessment. Somebody made it on Twitter, uh, calling the White House something like Disney Presents meets uh, Cl a Clockwork Orange, which is a horrific movie from decades ago. But it's absolutely bizarre. It had nothing to do, seemingly, with showing off the White House with nice decorations for the holiday season. Instead, it was all about uh, signaling virtue for the Bidens. So they could say, well, we invited this large, predominantly black uh, dance group to come in, a dance group that believes in defunding the police and quoting Marxists and abolishing prisons and all the correct things on the left side of the aisle. And merging this with some kind of Christmas message. We're going to post the video. I don't think I can do justice to describing it. You've got to take a look at it and then ask yourself, is that the way you like the White House looking? Is that the way you want Christmas and Christmas decorations to be presented in the People's House in Washington, D.C.? Or would you rather have, say, the White House of Melania Trump, which looked classy and beautiful and uh, wasn't trying to push any political agendas at all. Glad to get your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our Twitter poll. Check out my Instagram feed and on social media as well. And you're listening to the Radio Northwest. The Lars Larson Show. Portland. Talk at LarsLarson.com. He actually reads them. More with Lars right now. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. It uh, really is. And if you want to join the conversation, it's 866-HEY-LARS. I got uh, to confess, uh, because I always try to be transparent with you and admit my biases up front so you know where I'm coming from. I can't stand Mitt Romney, and I wish he were out of the United States Senate. So... If I approach an interview with Carolyn Phippen, who's running to replace Mitt Romney in the U.S. Senate for the state of Utah, Ms. Phippen, you have to understand, I can't stand the guy. I, I, I barely tolerated him as a presidential candidate, and that only because the alternative was worse, Obama. And, uh, and so I'd be glad to see Mitt Romney replaced. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm, I'm telling you, it is time for Utah to have another strong conservative in the U.S. Senate. There's no reason that a conservative state like Utah uh, continues to elect people who don't really align with our values. Okay. And why do that? Do you have any insight, Ms. Fippen, as to why? And, and by the way, we'll get your website in a second because I always make sure candidate websites get, get mentioned, even if we ever got a Democrat to come on. If I were a Democrat running for office, I'd call every conservative talk show in America. But apparently they don't have the guts to do that because they'd have to answer uncomfortable questions. But how is it that a state like Utah that at least uh, on paper appears to be a somewhat conservative state, manages to send people like Mittens Romney back to the U.S. Senate. Yeah, I I'm telling you, I think, so I grew up in New York. I've been in Utah for 35 years, my entire adult life. And I have consistently asked this question. It doesn't make sense. I, it has a lot to do with our culture of niceness. And I think when people say the right words, oftentimes, we tend to be very trusting and assume that we ought to be able to trust each other. And the fact of the matter is, I think we're at a point where we shouldn't trust the words of any politician. What is it that Reagan said? Trust but verify. 
Yep. Right? We are responsible for asking the right questions of those people who are running to represent us. I spent years working for Senator Mike Lee. I understand. I love Mike Lee. Right? I think he's a good, good man. Uh, you know what? He was amazing to work for, and I consider him a good friend. And it's not easy. Our, our media here, I was told in the last election, I was told this by somebody in California, that they did an analysis of the media in our state of Utah, and the stories about Mike Lee were six stories, six negative, every one positive. That is probably one of our biggest problems. But he was generally nice guy because Ms. Fippen, uh, by the way, tell people where to find your website because I want them to help you out in this, in this, you know, because it's going to yeah. be tough going up against an incumbent, even yeah. a nitwit who says he won't support President Trump if he gets the Republican nomination. Where can they find your website? Yeah. So, and I'll tell you this, that, well, carolynforsenate.com and that's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N for senate.com and he has decided not to run again but there are a couple of candidates who look just like him just like him you and mean more are, more uh, uh, more establishment or rhino republicans and sorry yep. thank you for correcting that mistake because yeah. i you know, I should have been celebrating for at least a week after he announced he wasn't going to seek re-election. But, I, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I can't even imagine being Mike Lee because being Mike Lee with Mitt Romney as the other U.S. senator would be like putting me on a on a talk show with Rachel Maddow as my as my co-host. I'd say, well, look, I'm sure she's a perfectly nice lady, but I can't tolerate anything that comes out of her mouth. So. Uh, but but Lee Lee was a generally nice guy. I mean, no mean tweets, no orange hair. What what's not to like about Mike Lee? How could they dislike the guy so much? Yeah, well, you know what? It's because they don't like his politics. The media tends to be against conservatives always, right? And so they'll always find something that they can go after an individual for if they're a conservative. And they claim that they're going after them for something other than their policy and politics. And people, if they're not paying attention deeply, that I just think a lot of people get confused. They're busy living their lives. The fact of the matter is I have talked to so many people, even just today, uh, who they're starting to feel the impact of these of Biden inflation. Right. You and think? people are doing all that they can to just survive right now. So I, I think although the, the upside is they're starting to recognize that maybe there could be a tie in between the politics they support and the policies that we get and the impact on their lives. Like, I'm just hoping that more people start to realize that there's a relationship there and it's a strong one. Well, you know what I'd like to see? Uh, and, and maybe you'll do this. Maybe you won't. But I want to see the Congress actually do its job. I mean, just today I was talking about why doesn't the House vote to, say, refer people who've lied to them to the DOJ, yeah. you know, and, and say we're referring them for perjury. And, and I have people say, well, but, you know, Merrick Garland won't do anything with it. I said, fine, let those things stack up. Mm -hmm. Make 50 referrals, Mayorkas, you know, go right down the list <clears throat> of all these thoroughgoing liars who sat right in front of Congress, lied under oath, it's a crime, refer it to uh, to. Uh, uh, to, to Garland, and when he says, I'm not going to prosecute them, well, we knew you weren't. But what we're going to do is we're going to start telling the American people, we're holding a press conference, we've referred 50 liars to Merrick Garland for perjuring themselves in front of the Congress, and he hasn't prosecuted one of them. Here are the liars' names, here are the lies they told, and here are the referrals, 
except the Republicans decide to be, as you said, nice, like Utah. Nice. Uh, we're not going to make the referral because Garland won't do anything with it. I don't care if he does. I do care if he does something with it. But even if I know he's not going to do something with it, let those things pile up at his doorstep and then tell Americans we've referred 30 liars to Merrick Garland. He won't prosecute one of them. And then you ask yourself as an American, is that right? But the House won't do it, and the Senate often won't take votes on things. You know, I know the Democrats, yep. you know, have this bare majority over there. But but take some votes, force them to take a position, and that's not just Democrats, but Republican rhinos as well. Are, do you really stand yeah. for these things or not? Let's take a vote. Isn't that what Congress is supposed to do? Yeah, that would be nice. I say all the time that one of the biggest problems that we have as conservatives is that because we know that we're correct on the principle, that we forget that strategy matters, right? We can be right all day long, but if we don't have a good strategy, and that strategy includes getting the message out to the American people and doing it in a way that's visible and that allows us to go around a media that hates us, if we don't have a strategy, we're going to fail anyway all day long, even if the majority of Americans agree with us. So we've got to be smarter about the way we do things. And I'm afraid that we have had too many leaders in Washington for too long who are willing to just go along to make whatever deals for whatever reason. And until we start electing different kind of people, we will continue to get the same kinds of debt uh, flooding across our southern border, inflation. I mean, we could make a list of the problems. We will continue to see the same kind of destruction of this nation until we elect people who are not going back to Washington to make friends. The other thing I'd love to see U.S. Senator do, Ms. Fippen, is when Joe Biden comes up, if he ever does, with his replacement for Obama's deal with Iran, and he tries to just mm -hmm. do a deal unilaterally, with the which the Constitution does not envision, that the Senate would pay, take it up under a Republican majority and say, we're going to vote on this as a treaty. Sorry, Mr. President, your treaty failed. Oh, and by the way, these other deals you're making with the WHO or the UN or anybody else, uh, those are treaties. We know they're treaties. You may not call it a treaty. The Constitution calls it a treaty. We're going to vote on it. Ah, we voted on it. Sorry, Mr. President, all of your treaties failed. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if it'll have a legal effect. But the point is, the president is not authorized to make deals with other countries without Senate ratification. And the Senate just says, no, we're not going to vote on it because he didn't call it a treaty, so it's not a treaty. Ms. Fippen, say your website one more time, please. Yes, thank you. It's carolynforsenate.com, please. Very good. It's carolynforsenate.com. Back in a moment. Glad to get your calls. 866-HEY-LARS. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. We've all heard with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated. 
But the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. Right on the left coast. Get it? Here's Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show and Conspiracy Theory Thursday. This segment of the show brought to you by the home power generating folks at Protect Power. Make sure your loved ones are safe when the power goes out, and it does. 541-OWN-A-GEN. Call 541-OWN-A-GEN. I want to point this out. The uh, Republican Party Washington State has made a point to point out that Democrat Senator Marco Leas is currently taking in the sights in Helsinki on a traffic safety junket. So we couldn't resist updating you on his sightseeing using your tax dollars because apparently he couldn't resist it either. They say he is so tone deaf, he's been updating his followers on Twitter or X about everything he's learning about traffic safety in Finland which has how much application Washington State? Not likely much. And given the expense of the trip, one would assume the Finns must have some groundbreaking policy insights to share that couldn't be learned via Zoom call. But readers are severely disappointed. Uh, Leas has shared that he learned from Finland you can reduce traffic fatalities by lowering wintertime speed limits. What a revelation. And they cracked down on drunk driving. Astonishing. I think the GOP is right to call him out on that. Let's go to a naysayer, L.A. LA. Hey, L.A., welcome to the program. We love naysayers. Uh, what's on your mind and what do you and I disagree about today? Hi, Lars. I was calling about the comment, um, the homeless using the library for the bathroom. And I also wanted to say I love the idea of having more choice in tax options and tax liability and how that tax is invested because I feel truly guilty and responsible knowing that the 25 years I paid taxes could possibly contribute to scorching and killing babies, mothers, fathers, grandmas, paws, and any of the innocents. <clears throat> well, hold on. I, who, who are, oh, when you say taxes to kill babies, which which baby killing are we talking about? Well, so far there's seven thousand dead children in Palestine, and <laughs> many, many. Where, where's Palestine are, again? Where's that country? Palestine. Yeah, where is it? Middle East. What's the uh, capital of Palestine? I really couldn't tell you. I, I really couldn't. I Is would that because to... it's not a, a country and never has been a country? Well, you know, I'm more concerned about what I'm trying to say is that I realize that the 25 years that I paid taxes have contributed to those types of actions and I would how, like how they how they contributed to those actions the, uh, the the people who live in Gaza who are in Israel Israel Gaza is in Israel the West Bank of the Jordan River is in Israel uh, they have chosen 
to uh, support terrorism. They support terrorism today. And when Israel strikes back against acts of terrorism over the years, they've, they've struck back very uh, strategically and very surgically. In most cases, they warn the terrorists, we're going to bomb your terrorist headquarters, we're going to blow up your building, and they put down leaflets, they put out radio notices, they do all of that. Do you think that maybe the people of Gaza and the people who live in the part of Israel known as the West Bank of the Jordan River would be safer if the leaders of the group they elected to be in their parliament, to be, to be the majority in their parliament, would stop engaging in terrorism? Absolutely. Okay, but then why don't they? No, but, but tell me this. Why don't they? And why they just arrested 70 members of Hamas, uh, the IDF did. And do you know where they got them? They were hiding in a hospital because that's where they put their headquarters. So when a terrorist group puts its headquarters in a hospital, how do you go after the terrorists? Can you tell you me? You get your boots on the ground and you go get them. You don't cart There are boots on the ground, but, but do you think that when you go after terrorists, they shoot back? Absolutely. If they have where sheltered, the if, okay, then let me ask you, LA, if they've sheltered in a hospital, which they do, and uh, or daycares, which they do, or schools, which they do. When the bad guys are in the hospital shooting at the IDF, should the IDF shoot back? Because if they shoot back, they're likely to hit either terrorists or innocent people in the hospital. So how do you go after the terrorists when the Palestinian terrorists, the Hamas and Hezbollah, use their own population as human shields? How do you go after them? I agree with you. I agree that Israel has the right to defend itself, but not carpet bomb an entire population. Those men can put on their boots, get their guns, and walk in there. Well, L.A., you're aware that they're in, they've surrounded Gaza City. They have boots on the ground. And right now they're pumping seawater into the tunnels, the 300 miles of tunnels that Hamas has used to stage its terrorist attacks because the tunnels are 200 feet underground and you can't get them by bombing them. So they're pumping the tunnels full of seawater. Now, obviously, it's going to take weeks to fill the tunnels so the terrorists will have plenty of time to get away, but at least they'll be forced to ground, kind of like flooding the sewers and forcing all the rats to the surface. But isn't this a problem that the Palestinians are being killed by the actions of their own terrorists? Those aren't the, the terrorists are not the only people who are going to die in those tunnels, Lars. We're going to lose hostages. We may lose. Have you seen our, our great commander in chief, Joe Biden, express a lot of concern about American hostages? You know, I think he's horrifying and everyone should vote him out. But I do want to finish my major point about well, your previous caller directing his tax dollars. I would like to direct my federal tax dollars. Let's get more choices. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? 
then go to iraadvantage.com. View the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.